And this hour, we'll take your calls with Adam Hall as we talk about miracles, share your stories, ask a question when we come back. Welcome back. Adam Hall with us. George Norrie back with you. Adam, what do you personally think about miracles in your in your own feeling? That they've made all the difference in my life, and my life would be much more turbulent, unpeaceful, less joyful. There would be a seeking process of love. I wouldn't know where to find the health. It may be a fine life, but it wouldn't be the ultimate one that I've been been asking for and the one I live now without miracles, without shifting my perception into a new reality that aligns me with life, love, God, faith, and place to move forward together in inner peace. Have you had more than one miracle occur for you? Many. They don't stop, do they? They don't stop. They don't stop. Once once I opened to that, which occurred for me, uh, George, back in 2005, uh, really through a life, personal life crisis. I mean, we you know, many of us aren't necessarily in need of a, a miracle around our health, but many, many of us now more than ever are asking for miracles around our men- mental health. And we all know mental health is, is a primary concern right now for, it's huge. for many of us. Yeah. It is huge. With everything that's happening on the planet today, Adam, mm-hmm. how difficult is it to seek out miracles? It's easy, really, when you know how to do that. And it's a simple process that I offer to people, which is is getting into a place where you can be still with your breath, where you can come into breath simply to breathe. And I'm I'm not saying you got to meditate or any of these other things, but just sit on the ground and breathe because in that presence becomes that place within you that is alive that place within you that is asking to be given voice that place within you that is love that place that calls you into the presence of your own light and that aligns you with this field that is the miracle field and quantum physics and other things are now bearing this out you won't get over into that necessarily, but ultimately, that's the process. Get into that position, get into that place within you, and ask for that presence to be with you and to guide you. It will, in due course. It will. All right, let's go to the phones. First-time caller Shad is with us in Kansas. Welcome to the show. Hi, Shad. Well, hi, George. Uh, uh, what a pleasure to get to speak with you and with your guest, uh, I'm, I'm a well, a relatively new listener. Just been listening for a few years, but You're I, welcome. I just love your program. Good to have you on the team. Thank you, and um, and like part of the family. That's right. <laughs> and speaking of which, um, I was a relatively new believer 35 years ago, approximately, and a new believer in Jesus, and uh, had and that was a miracle in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> Going through that wonderful experience, uh, and turned out I had a double birthday at the age of 24. <laughs> but a couple of years later, um, 
God was, I guess, showing me, you know, that I did matter to him, that he did have a plan for my life. And, and uh, I uh, made, uh, I was uh, like my third day on the job, an early morning job at a nursing facility. And I had to drive 20 miles <laughs> to get there. And, uh, and I, so I was, uh, my third morning on the job, I was running kind of late because it was uh, an hour that I wasn't accustomed to around six in the morning. And so I was nervous about going because I knew I was going to try to, to uh, uh, go at an excessive speed to get there on time. And so I even checked the streets on my way, and the, they were sweating. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a little on the cooler side. And uh, I was coming around a, a large S-curve about halfway there. I was going along just fine, had a big old Buick LeSabre in 1974 in immaculate condition. And all of a sudden, the front, um, I mean, the, uh, yeah, the front wheels suddenly just towed in hard left. <laughs> mm-hmm. Apparently, I found out later I'd hit a slick spot. I mean, that the road was on the verge of freezing, and I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Um, anyway, it, it jackknifed me like a, like a um, uh, slingshot, you know, of, you know, of, of the, the Bible, you know. <laughs> Uh, into swung me around in in I believe my rear end hit hit a hit the ditch instantly and uh, it was like shaped like a wedge and I hurtled down started hurtling down that ditch um, all the way uh, for quite a while but as soon as I began to uh, um, uh, spin you know sort of like in a dryer you know <laughs> um, it was as though a, a, a there was a masculine authoritative voice entered into my head like stereo at the beginning of the accident and, and said, relax your arms and legs. And apparently I was obedient. I could kind of hear myself yelling in the background, (laughs) but um, uh, I ended up coming to rest uh, quite a while later on, on uh, the roof of my car, which was completely destroyed. Uh, Absolutely. Everything was Everything was completely obliterated on the car. But um, I uh, was able to undo my seatbelt and couldn't go out my driver's side because it was too crunched in. Went out the passenger side. Of course, uh, that was, I grew up a child of the 70s. And so, um, uh, you know, I watched all those shows where, you know, as soon as you get out of your car, the car blows up. So I was hearing That's right. Run. <laughs> so I literally got out of the car and ran, and as it turned out, I'd, I had uh, I had a, an oncoming. It was dark, but I'd had an oncoming uh, uh, old uh, older pickup, uh, antique pickup, with a dri- driver had just parked past me. He'd gone past me, and his voice was quaking. He goes, "Are you all right?" And I, I go, "Yes." And I was. Uh, I, I was running toward him. I said, I, but I, you know, I just want to get away from that car. And uh, anyway, uh, I just know that God intervened in that, and it helped me to, to realize that he did have a plan for my life. And, Miracles do happen, Shed, don't they? And uh, I'm so blessed. I, I A few years later, I went through an experience where I was, was singing outside. You know, I don't know if you heard the song. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O oh, my soul, rejoice. 
Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I love, you know, I said like that, and I was outdoors, and um, I grew up in northwest Kansas, and I was home visiting my folks out in the country 10 miles out, and, you know, you've got nothing but brilliant starscape <laughs> out there in the Great Plains. And uh, I uh, was just, uh, all of a sudden, I noticed, uh, as I was singing, a uh, little star kind of get, get pulled, tugged down, sort of like, again, like a slingshot, <laughs> and it went Doing, and it, it went from northeast, it was released, and it went from northeast, or, or rather southeast, all the way to the northwest, arc clear across the sky. And I just began to, you know, like weep and laugh at the same time, go, I can't believe it. It was a sign from above. Adam, let me ask you this. Once you have one miracle, you can have many, can't you? Yes, yes, George, and thank you for sharing that, Chad. And it, I just so pleased that you're here and sharing that that powerful story because that relationship that you have with Spirit, you have with God, is an, like an affinity. It's like a light that just invites others to come to that, and invites, and that invites more miracles. So it's wonderfully inspiring to to hear this that you're. You're cultivating miracles, and they'll be present in your life, and, and as you need them, as you're called to be to be guided to do the do the great work that you're doing. So, thank you for sharing that. Let's go to John in Wisconsin. Take it away, John. Hello, George. Hello, Adam. Before I share my miracle, I would like to share a quick definition of faith. Sure. I learned this definition from one of George's previous guests on Coast to Coast, and it goes like this: Faith is believing in something you cannot explain. Now, I cannot explain how my miracle happened. I can only reassure you it was a miracle. Three and a half years ago, when I was 62, I went blind. To this day, after many fabulous doctors, I've been told I am an absolutely excellent health. There's nothing wrong with me. Prior to going blind, my life was a series of highs and lows. I was very, very happy and then I would make a decision that would ultimately crash it down. Time and time again, I made poor decisions, and my life was a bunch of train wrecks. So the miracle is this. After I went blind, and shortly before that, my wife had a stroke. Um, we have no children, no grandchildren, and we rent a house on a big farm in north-central Wisconsin. This blindness brought me something that Adam touched on, and Adam touched on many good points. And my point is the inner peace it brought me. I just felt tons and tons of weight lifted off me because now I could use all of the lessons I've learned from my bad decisions to help others. And on this farm we live on, a um, number of families live here. I'm kind of like the adopted uncle. I share my stories with them. I bring them hope and just tell them there's better days ahead. So my miracle is if I had not gone blind, I would still be making poor decisions, get highs of um, happiness, and crash it down again. And, Adam, I just wanted to thank you because you have touched on so many good points today that I know will help so many other people. Um, my wife does all my administrative work. She did have a stroke, but she does my administrative work. And when she gets up in the morning, I'm going to have her research your books and look forward to getting some. So thank you so much. 
Great, John. And I'm going to meet you in the uh, Pat Boone event, right? I am so excited, George. Yes, of course, my wife can't travel. I have a traveling companion. She's a professional musician from northern Wisconsin. We'll travel like brother and sister, and we are so looking forward to it. And I think um, Tommy was going to um, make sure, you know, got uh, kind of seats maybe closer to the buffet because I, I can't do anything. But I'm just so thankful to be able to come to that, George. When you went blind, let me ask you this for a second. Did you, like, wake up in the morning and you couldn't see anymore? Great question. So my job prior to going blind, I was a food service salesman. I would have my laptop, my car, and I'd travel from restaurant to restaurant in north central Wisconsin. And one day, I was driving back home, and my one eye was itching. It just itched. It felt something wasn't right. So for whatever reason, I put my hand over my other eye, and I couldn't see out of the eye that itched. I could not see. There was nothing there. And um, so when I got back home, um, made an appointment with the eye doctor, got in right away, and uh, she did her evaluations and everything, you know, wonderful doctor, wonderful clinic. And she says, John, um, the good news is your other eye works, and there's a 80% chance you won't lose that. So, you know, carry on and, and, and all that. So I did carry on. Well, George, three weeks later, we were driving home from my parents' house in suburban Milwaukee. I live in north central Wisconsin, a two-and-a-half-hour drive north. My wife can't drive. And I was telling my wife, you know, I'm struggling getting the car home. It just, it's, it's not going as well as it did on the way down to Milwaukee. We got home, and the next morning, I said, I better go check with the doctor again. So I got in right away on a kind of an emergency basis. She says, you've got to get down to our hospital right away. You're losing your other eye, and I don't know why. So they put me for, for steroids. And, um, George, thank God I had good insurance. I had every expert in Wisconsin look at me over the next four days. They all came to the same conclusion. You're in excellent health. You're going blind, and we don't know why. And they still so don't. Think, they still don't know why. Do they, they still do not, George. And I was at the. Did you use eye drops at all, John? I didn't uh, prior know, and I didn't need glasses until I was 52 years old. Okay. Um, I think what it was, George, and this is just me, and maybe Adam could add something to this. I think it was just all my bad decisions that I made in my previous 35 years caused stress on my optical nerve. And my optical nerve just said I had enough, and you're going to move on and help other people by being blind. Would stress have done that, Adam? Well, I think stress can do a lot of things. And obviously, I'm I'm not a medical doctor, but I, I do want to share this with John. Thank you. Thank you, John, for sharing that. I, I'm inspired to hear what you're sharing and to hear this story and perhaps Spirit may perhaps God's plan was that to pr- provide you with this say opportunity through this seeming tragedy of loss of sight to really inspire others because I'm hearing you and even in the process of listening and tuning to what you're doing hopefully you're I, you're sharing this story around because it's so helpful and it shifts the planet it shifts people's lives. And what greater work can we do than to help bring our miracles to other people that are in asking for miracles and are in need of the light and love that we have and the experience? So thank you for offering that. And maybe that's what this is all about in its own way. Let's go to Marsha in uh, Los Gatos, uh, California, west of the Rockies. Hey, Marsh, go ahead. Hey, George, nice to hear you tonight. And Thank you. I want to remind you 
to have all the love you can. Grab it. It's wonderful. All these miracles are on like a conveyor belt in front of you. If you know you need it and you want it, that conveyor belt is going to God. Take what you need and what you want and thank God for it. Thank you. As a registered nurse, I left the state. I got my license after several years, and I came back home toward my parents, and I took a little job in a cannery in Sunnyvale, cannery number CCG and number three. And I was uh, responsible uh, from four at night till four in the morning to take care of all the falls, the concussions, the cuts, the boils, anything that happened with the people working there. But I was told by the boss, don't call 911. If something happens, you take care of it. I don't want this, uh, com- I don't want production to stop. I want you to just take care of it. So I was under a little bit of pressure. There was a hospital nearby, and I knew that if I couldn't handle it, I'd send it off anyway. But um, I always could sense something was wrong. You could feel it in the, in the place, and, and I felt something had happened. And I was ready, and I was standing there when they entered into, my, uh, into the first aid uh, area, and it was a group of men, and they were carrying a man in. And he was just trembling, and I said, what happened? He got his arm caught in the conveyor belt. It's going to lose it. Oh, jeez. And it was, it was, they were very frightened, and, and I didn't know what was happening, but I knew that God was with me, and I, I knew that I was with God. And so I, uh, I looked at the damage that was done, and his arm was just all bent up but, and with echomotic big blisters on it. And, but I tested his little fingers, you know, to see if there was a break, and I decided there, I could handle this. Okay, everybody, he's going to be fine. Go back to work. So um, everybody went back to work, and uh, I had a translator because most people were speaking Hispanic or uh, Portuguese. And I had a a translator, and I laid this man down in the room, uh, actually sitting up in bed, and I grabbed this towel that I had, a wet towel put in the freezer. I always had a wet towel in the freezer, and it was like an ice pack, right? So um, he sat up in the bed, and I sat next to him, and I put this this towel, pretty good size, um, you know, towel, uh, iced towel, over his arm, and I had the translator say, pull up the shirt on, your, on the other arm, and I want to see the other arm. And so she did, and so I looked at the other arm, and I said, tell him, I want this arm to look like this one. Look at this one. This one is perfect. I see this one. And I sat with the man, held him for about 40 minutes later. It was like the end of the shift. And the men came up. We took off the a towel, and there was no injury. See, you saved his life. You were the miracle. We're going to come back with Adam Hall and take final calls in a moment. On our next Coast to Coast program, a former banker who made a half a billion dollars for his investors and himself ended up going to jail. He's going to talk about his life and how he messed it up and what he's trying to do to come back. And then we'll be talking about the other side with our special guest, Catherine Nadell on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back. George Norrie along with Adam Hall and your final calls. Adam, before we take final calls, tell us a little more about the Earthkeeper Alliance. 
Well, it's great to be here with all of you. And yes, please come and visit us on our website to learn more about the Earthkeeper Alliance. And the, the, the journey to that, George, is was quite simply that when I began to do the deeper shamanic work and all the trainings, that I was initiated as an Earthkeeper. And the Earthkeeper Alliance is dedicated to all of us who are keeping the Earth, who are tending to the well-being of the planet, not just environmentally, George, but to our humanity. So that's the mission of the Earthkeeper Alliance, and it's a collection of people around the globe, a loose collection of leaders and people that really care about the well-being of our Earth and our the soul of our humanity, actually. All right, final calls we go. Ruth in Maryland to get us started in this segment. Hello, Ruth, go ahead. Hi, George, and hi, Adam. Um, I have a miracle story for you, but first I have a comment. I believe that God and the angels have a lot to do with the miracles, and I have an answer for your question, George, about seeking out miracles, and it's faith. You need faith, and faith is the substance of things not seen and the evidence of things hoped for. And my miracle story is God and Mother Mary literally saved me from a fire in my car one night. Um, if you remember, I called in about, I don't know, six, six eight months ago. Um, you had a show on purgatory, and I told you that yeah. I like to um, go to cemetery, decorate cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, I was decorating the cemetery that day and I put little statues and angels and stuff and, um, different things up at the, um, I, I like to do the old graves, um, where nobody goes to anymore. And, um, anyway, there was one particular statue. It was the Mary, Mother Mary, and I couldn't leave it at the cemetery because it was a vase. So I had left it in my car. I had a coupe, and it was in the back on the back floor. And the same day, I had given somebody a ride, and they had a bicycle. So I, I had take everything out of my trunk and put their bicycle in my trunk, and I put it in the, my back seat and on the back floor. And it was a bunch of chemicals, you know, automobile stuff, and then I had some bags of clothes. And anyway, on the way home, I was about maybe five or so miles from home. It was very dark. I lived in a rural area. And I started smelling a, like a chemical kind of smell, oh, right? something opened and up. Thought, yeah, I thought, oh, my gosh, I said, probably one of the chemicals busted open or something, you know. But I, I didn't have any lights in the car at the time, and I didn't have a flashlight, so it didn't, me, didn't me any good to stop. So I just drove as fast as I could the last few miles home or whatever. And then when I got home, I opened the door, and I found that it was actually a fire, and it was it was just kind of smoldering, like, and I just... It was next to the door, and I kind of, like, just padded out or whatever, you know. And it wasn't until the next day I came out and looked, and that Mother Mary, it was about six six inches high, that Mother Mary statue had shrouded that fire. It was, like, right up against where the seatbelt came down to the floor, and it shrouded that fire and kept it from spreading because I'm telling you, there was so much stuff in there that was flammable. Oh, you could have blown up. Yeah. And, and it only had a little tiny burn mark, like, at the bottom of the Mother Mary. And then 
I kept it and had it outside, and then miraculously, like, um, the the burn mark came off of it or whatever, you know. But I I just I, I I've seen lots of miracles, but that's just one of them. I love that. How do these things happen, Adam? Well, Ruth shared in her own way how powerful faith is, and how that relationship that we build with our own inner divine being, with the divine itself, with God itself. And that's what I am personally finding. That's what I hear from people that I support and work with. And I hear more and more of these stories that are beautiful stories of miracles that are established through a deep presence of faith and a relationship with spirit, with God, with Jesus, whatever that may be for you. And so that's that's what I'm hearing from Ruth, and that's what I'm experiencing in my life and hearing that from many others. Let's go to Cornelius in Alexandria, Louisiana, a walking miracle as he speaks. Hi, Cornelius. Hey there, George and Adam. You got a biblical name, and I do too, Mr. Adam. Look, George, <laughs> I was telling Tommy, and I think that's one of my Ruthies on Coast to Coast, and I got another Ruthie on Coast. And John, that was a great story about his blindness and stuff. Mm. Um, I was telling Tommy George, y'all been praying for me about a money miracle and stuff. So today, well, yesterday now, the mailman comes to me and he says, look, here's a check for you and stuff. And it's from the federal government and stuff about COVID-19. And like I said, the audience has been praying for me and stuff. And then people on Reddit, boy, they're a bunch of races and stuff. They say I try to use the show and all like that, but I don't. So I've sent Tommy my bills and stuff just to show him what I need. But the key to this, Adam, I believe in Christ and stuff. And a lot of our callers and listeners really believe in Christ. God will give you three things. First, he'll say yes to your prayers and stuff, to answered prayer. But the two things that we don't want to hear is wait or no. Those are the two worst things that we can hear from God. And like I said, I just believe in the coast to coast audience. And I'm so glad John's going to meet you in person. You know, Barry met you in person. I met you in person. And I just think that that just changed my life, George, meeting you and Tommy. Though I wanted to get up to your room, but Tommy was like a security officer. Uh, no, Mr. White. There's no way I'm letting you up into my room. <laughs> All right. But God bless you. This is a miracle night. God bless Coast to Coast AM. You got that right. Thank you. Great listeners here, Adam, by the way. Yeah, Dedicated. Really, really enthusiastic and full of love and light, George. What a blessing. Let's go to Mary in New Jersey. Hello, Mary. Welcome to the program. George. Hello, Adam. Um, I'm 79 years old, and I just, the recent, like, couple of years, I started to remember back in my childhood, because I had lost it, and I started to remember it bit by bit. So I remember I was praying to hear the whole Bible, and somebody read that to me, and um, I wanted to learn how to read it. So I got the Bible, and I went down the alphabet, every word that had an A. I went through the book seven times. I got up to the letter G. H is a whole total story in its own. But um, G, it reminds me of the first seven, because it's number seven in the alphabet, the first seven days of creation, Genesis, uh, God, the Garden of Eden, 
right? So I, I see God's hand in this, like Christ says, behold, I make all things new. That alphabet was changed in the 1500s. It's a totally new alphabet to us. And then you go over to like 1611 when they made the Bible. That's brand new. And then you come to America. That's new to us. And George Washington and the Constitution. That's, I see God's hand in all this. And, um, you know, they came here for freedom. And that is freedom to get to read the Bible and um, have somebody read it to you and and believe the way you want to believe. That is freedom. I love that. Well done. Well done. Did you ever hear the poem Footprints in the Sand, Adam? No, I haven't. It is about somebody. We had Lionel Fanthorpe do it on Christmas uh, for the holidays. But uh, it has to do with someone who believes that uh, God has forsaken him. Um, But uh, read the poem, Footprints in the Sand. Will do. You'll love that. Let's go to Frank in Montana. Welcome to the show. Hey, Frank, go ahead, sir. Hi. He was a great guest. I loved it. I want to say I love Jesus. I love the people who are kind to children. I don't like people who beat their children. That was not Jesus' no. way. And if you follow his path, there are miracles. Little kids shouldn't be beaten, that's for sure. Thanks, Frank. Let's go to Cynthia in Massachusetts, east of the Rockies. Go ahead, Cynthia. Hello. Um, I I uh, had um, a situation uh, with uh, my body. But uh, first of all, I need to inform you that I was traveling on one day, and um, suddenly I decided to go home because I thought I forgot something. And uh, when I got home and I was parking the car, there was a big bang sound, and I ran into the house. I didn't want to find out what it was, and then found out it was the axle went on my car. I'm glad I didn't go any further, otherwise I would have been in a major accident. And then a couple weeks later after that, I lost eyesight in one eye. Oh, jeez. And then I, I, uh, my sister suggested me to go to the eye doctor, and it was cataracts. So they did the operation, and two weeks later they did it on the other eye because that was going to go. And so uh, that in itself was telling me to go home. And then there's times through my life where things like in a car accident, um, I was sideswiped and I crossed over and I, I went up a tree and they said they thought I was dead or crippled up and I wasn't. But, you know, there's many situations in my life where um, I think I was God sent and so it, it increased my abilities. I have this and manifest itself with the energy and prayer that I heal people. But I, I have trouble with the fact that I have pins and needles in my feet and in my writing hand, and I, I don't know how to cure myself, but I, I often pray for other people to be healed, uh, and I just don't know how to um, um, handle that, you know, or because specialists have told me that that situation will always be that there is no cure for that. I'm just wondering, am I not going into, uh, is there a way or is there not a way? 
You with us, Adam? Yes, I'm here, and I'm happy to share a little bit on that, George. And thank you for sharing that. And and there is a way. And the way that I believe that is best offered is something that you're doing to share your gift. Your as a healer is so powerful in healing others, but ultimately it must in some way be healing you, I would, I would well imagine. And of course, there's always the practical things of how to take care of ourselves, and we're not speaking to that. But ultimately, the gift of you, the gift of your miracle is a healing of a miracle for ourselves, too, and for everybody. So I'm inspired to hear about your giving and hopefully sharing more of that. I think that's one of the best ways to heal our own personal lives. Giving seems to do a lot of refreshing things for somebody, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, we, we, we know that giving giving is receiving. And a lot of us actually seeming like all we do is give. And we, we ask, well, why, why aren't we getting anything for ourselves? But ultimately, I believe, at least it happened for me, George, to, when I began giving, but also to open my heart to receive love, to receive the inner peace, God's peace, to receive the light, to receive the miracle. But that is through a place of, of giving and a committed life, a life, a life of giving and a life of supporting the greater good of all of us. And of course, we're part of all of us. So it uplifts our lives too. Adam, take 30 seconds to tell folks about your free master's class. Well, please come over to my website. You can find me at earthkeeperalliance.com or adamhall.solutions. And there I have several offerings, George, not just a couple master classes, but there's several things that you can choose from, from uh, books on abundance to offerings about uh, learning about your self-assessment. But ultimately, the master's classes are great discovery, a great journey of discovery about your a purpose. That's the way to do it. Adam, thanks again for being on the program. I always look forward to it. For Dan Galanti. Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Ladasur, Stephanie Smith, Chris Boros, Tim Benal, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett. I'm George Norrie. Somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM, we'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.